You're listening to Healthcare Now Radio. Stand by for this just in the latest in healthcare innovation and technology trends with your HIT advisor, Justin Barnes. Thank you for tuning in and welcome to This Just In. I'm your host, Justin Barnes. In these half-hour segments, I'll bring you the latest advancements in healthcare, strategy, innovation, and public policy. As always, we're broadcasting from the This Just In studios on the Business Radio X network, as well as the Healthcare Now radio network. And before we dive into my special guest today, I want to take a moment to let everyone know that we're broadcasting the This Just In radio show again live from the Hims annual conference in March in Las Vegas. Many more details to come. But I hope everyone is planning on attending in a couple of months. Um, we'll have another great slate of CEO, CIO, leading care providers, industry thought leaders, and certainly policymakers joining the show. For this episode, though, my 114th episode, we're going to speak with entrepreneur Venkat Sharma, founder and CEO of Advantum Health. Welcome back to the show, Venkat. Thank you, Justin. Good morning. Good morning. And um, everybody can hear my voice. Uh, you're actually kind of crystal clear. I'm a little bit raspy and i apologize it's uh it's been a uh interesting start of the year with all this cold weather and just trying to navigate it and all the travel but um i'm glad you can join us here ben cat you're a, always a great guest well i can i can commiserate because i've got something going on in my throat too so i apologize in advance no oh, excellent thank you and we spoke right before the holidays and i was really excited about this show um you and i have been business partners in the past and, and uh still uh, do some work together but um you always have great things going on um and I just I just was excited to have you on the show, have you on air, uh, let everybody kind of hear what you're doing to be successful. The industry is in a it's in a shift right now. I mean, there's there's certainly winners and losers out there. And uh, and when we spoke right before the holidays, it was really great to hear some of the great things that you guys are doing at Advantum, how you guys are achieving great success, building the business, building on the fundamentals. And so I was just excited to be able to pull this uh, show together. So, uh, th- again, thanks again, my friend. So tell us about some of your recent growth. I mean, you guys are based out of Louisville, and I think you closed a big practice there. Um, but tell us about, you know, some of your recent growth. Uh, where has it been? And then also, how are you guys doing it? You know, what's, what's the, what are some of the key factors there? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, well, most of our um, growth, um, we, we have, we've always believed that our growth really has to come through a, a two-pronged effort mm-hmm. um, to the organic sales as well as acquisitions and those two prongs uh, growing the company will create tremendous value over time so uh, most of our recent growth uh, has been through some new uh, customer successes uh, success stories new customer uh, sales that we've had um, as you just mentioned a very large auto group right here in Louisville that uh, we've, we've been working with for uh, a few months now and we finally uh, closed that sale to uh, great success. And um, another large auto group in Florida, which is actually doing some very innovative things with, uh, with uh, devices, um, and innovative care in auto. So we are working with them too. And um, another uh, cardiology sale in Florida, which interestingly is getting, that industry is getting very concerned about MIPS and MACRA, and we have great strength in that, as you know. Mm-hmm. So. Um, from a sales standpoint, those are the three that stand out. And of course, we continue to make sales uh, 
serving the physician practice market, the ambulatory market, if you will, uh, because that is the underserved market and um, physician practice doesn't need a lot of help. And that's what we're here for. What are, you, what are your biggest specialties now? Obviously, ortho, you mentioned cardiology. Are there any others that seem to be moving up towards the top of the pack or is it just still primary care? Uh, we do a fair amount of neuro, uh, uh, endocrinology. Um, of course, internal medicine, family practice is a big part just because of the volume. Yes. Uh, but yeah, ortho and cardio, I would say, are the leading uh, specialties for us. Yeah, and those are, I mean, your expertise runs deep in those areas, and that's a, that's a great market. And that market is still, you know, needing a lot of assistance, certainly when it comes to macro MIPS, APMs, and AAPMs. So, excellent. So, what are some of the key factors? This show really is focused on best practices and what my audience can learn and how they can be successful. So, what are some of the key factors why organizations are choosing Advantum? I think the, uh, the, full, the full cycle RCM is... Uh, a key factor, mm-hmm. the fact that we can, we essentially say to our customer, we'll wrap our arms around you and take care of you, mm. which means every aspect of revenue cycle. Um, although the, the core of it is essentially the billing, claims processing, following up with the AR, making sure we collect. But there are quite a few ancillary services that feed this, this machine, if you will, that uh, if we have under our uh, control, we can manage better to ensure greater success. So that, I think that's a key factor, that we are not um, a niche player. We can provide full service. But how do we do that, though? I think what's really important here is that the reason we can offer it is because of our people and process and technology. And we have a great team, uh, just a wonderfully credible team with great experience, uh, decades of experience. That uh, uh, And the, the people that we have in top management, we just ensure that they're very customer-focused, uh, they're not back office driven. They're very much, very much customer driven. Mm-hmm. And I think that has helped us quite a bit, the customer relationships, customer success, um, so that we can ensure that our uh, process and technology and, and uh, people essentially ensure success for our clients. Yeah, that actually, you bring up a, a great point. I think that's what I saw even in the market shifting about five years ago. It seemed even in early um, 2010 and, and 2012, People are buying technology, but right after 2012, I really saw the market starting to shift to service. It, was, it wasn't about the software. It wasn't about the product. It wasn't even really about the innovation. It was about innovation-enabled service. It was about using that innovation, but then wrapping services around it. Doctors and hospitals and care providers and even administrators didn't need more software. They needed help using what they've already purchased or help implementing and using great innovation uh, and just the deep expertise that comes with that innovation. And that's exactly what you guys tapped into and you're tapping into today. That's right. And that's right. And, and innovation is essentially data-driven, information-driven. Um, and that, that's at the core of it. And at the front end, ensuring that we are partners with our, our customers, ensure their success. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a great model. It's a great and, philosophy. Yeah. Go ahead. yeah. And, and in that, we are always on the lookout for, for new things, uh, new tools, new technologies that can help us. So uh, one of the things we're looking at, for instance, is uh, robotic process automation, RPA, which um, quite a few folks in the industry are talking about now. And um, that's going to be very important for us down the road in, in ensuring that we can deploy resources the right way at the right time. 
So yeah, you mentioned that before the holidays and when we spoke last. So can you dive into that a little bit more? I had never heard of robotic process automation or RPA. So what functions and strategies you know, best serve you there? Well, conceptually, it's very simple. Uh, it's, it's technology that allows you to take um, uh, routine, mundane tasks that are currently done by human beings mm -hmm. and automate them. So uh, the technology essentially follows uh, the process that you work as a human being and uh, extracts uh, data and puts data in and really manages the, the process in an automated way so that you can be much, rather than having um, one human who could be error prone working, let's say eight hours a day, mm -hmm. you've got a robot doing the same thing that works uh, 24 by seven, 100% of the time, error free. And that's really what we are trending towards. And uh, we are actually implementing this technology in, in a variety of different ways. But the way we are looking at it is going through the company in all processes, both uh, back office, front office, and trying to see how best we can uh, automate uh, any routine process, whether it's finance and accounting. And with revenue cycle, for instance, very specifically, and that's our focus now, is you know, payment posting um, across various systems since we support uh, uh, several different uh, practice management systems for our clients. So the payment posting uh, is one key area, charge posting. Uh, we're also looking at the prior auth process, which is one of the things that we offer. Um, just trying to automate as many processes as we can and ensuring that human beings are overseeing the process to make sure that it's done uh, correctly. Yeah, no, this is fantastic. Because again, this show is about, I want to highlight best practices and what people can learn and uh, RPA, that sounds, I mean, that sounds fantastic. So one level deeper around ro robotic process automation, is that actually a robot or is that more of software that you will overlay? Because obviously I've, I work with robots specifically as well, but is it, is it, yeah, again, software that you overlay or is it a, literally a robot sitting in front of a, a computer? Well, it, it's not quite, it's not quite the C3PO type of robot. Okay. It's, uh, it's really software that works in the background. Okay. And takes, uh, uh, you can imagine sort of a, a, this is a very old technology, but the screen scraping uh, technology that used to be around a few years ago. Sure. This takes that technology and elevates it to a, a really high significant level with uh, artificial intelligence also uh, 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 as part of that process. So we are working through essentially taking the routine processes first and then working our way up uh, in the value chain and uh, looking at uh, ro robot process automation for um, things like uh, denial analytics, which requires some intelligence. So with all the data and the information that we gather through RPA and through uh, the, uh, the human work that we do, we are essentially building uh, uh, a database that we can take at a higher level to feed into denial analytics and other things that require more intelligence. Oh, that's fantastic. And for those just tuning in, we're speaking with Venkat Sharma, founder and CEO of Avantum Health. So you're in a very crowded market. I mean, you do some certainly unique things, but tell us uh, how you differentiate. How does Adventum differentiate themselves from the rest of this highly competitive market in revenue cycle management, revenue cycle performance, and, and uh, MIP services? Yeah. Well, as, as I mentioned before, it's end-to-end it's -end, uh, revenue cycle. Mm -hmm. and um, And as part of that, we... We 
we are constantly looking forward. We're looking ahead, trying to look ahead of the industry and seeing what will impact the industry. Um, yeah. And, you know, drawing on some of your, your experience, for instance, in terms of uh, uh, policy uh, coming out of uh, the government and I just looked at what payers are doing and you just mentioned myths and macro. So the new trends that are coming up and there's a lot of change and great change, in my view, creates great opportunity. Yes. So we, we, we try to dive into that and try to understand what's going to affect our customers so that we can bring that knowledge and expertise to the table. Yeah, that is. And, that and, is and that's the key differentiator because we are partners with uh, our customers. No, very true. I actually watched too many companies, even to this day, I figured they would have learned through the whole high tech act and meaningful use. But um, there's a lot of laggards there. And there's a lot of people who did very well because they got in front of that legislation and regulation. And same thing here. If you wait for it to come and you don't stay ahead of it, your customers are going to suffer and your customers are going to get, you know, a year or two or three behind. And you've really got to help lead them. You've got to guide them. Um, even when they don't want to be guided or led, you've just got to educate them and they'll make the right decision most of the time. But you've got to articulate it in such a way that they see how it's beneficial to them. So certainly with uh, shared savings and uh, the, MIPS whole, the MIPS program and the QPP, the quality payment program in general, and there's all these value-based care models. They're not going anywhere. They're only getting more intricate. More money is going to be put. More money is being put. And it's not going to be put. More money is being put into those models all across the country. California's got a huge program uh, that they're creating right now. So more and more effort. And the more that you stay in front of this and you stay out, you know, and guiding your customers through this, they're going to be successful. So it's a, it's a great strategy, Ben Cap. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. So you've also done, you mentioned organic growth and then kind of the inorganic or the acquisition growth. So, you know, tell us about your acquisition. You've had several, you've been on a tear uh, in 2016 and 2017, but um, how many companies did you acquire in 2017? And then what are you looking, you know, look out into 2018? Um, yeah, in 2017, we acquired two companies that essentially one of them <coughs> gave us a presence in California. Um, and we do have several, quite a few customers in California. So that, it's, that gave us that advantage. Uh, and of course, uh, just greater uh, revenue, EBITDA, uh, and more physician practice customers. Uh, the other was in the New York City area. Um, and through that, we also got uh, uh, customers, some customers in Florida. Uh, so we have a presence already in New Jersey, so it was a fairly good consolidation. Um, and I forgot to mention with, the, with that first acquisition, we also acquired an office in Pittsburgh. Yeah. So we have a good set of customers in the Pittsburgh area. So those are two acquisitions we completed in uh, early 17. And uh, as we speak, we are looking at two more acquisitions. And just strategically, what we're looking for, one, of course, is to increase our uh, footprint and revenue base and create a BIBIDA, uh, pure business and, and finance uh, related. And the other is for us to be able to acquire certain technologies and services that add value to what we have. Mm -hmm. So uh, credentialing, coding, coding audits, um, prior authorization, uh, patient pay. So these are all areas that uh, we believe are going to grow significantly and are essential to provide a good RCM service. So uh, we are looking at, we are actively looking at two acquisitions as we speak, which we hope to complete in the next 60 days. And um, 
probably another one by the end of Q2. Wow, that's excellent. So how do you see this? There's still a lot of change in healthcare. I think there's there's consternation at times in healthcare, but how do you see these changes influencing your future with Adventum? You know, and then also why and you know what are these change, changes kind of prove? How do they prove your opinion on healthcare? Yeah, you touched you touched on some of this before with the value based care, mm-hmm. and th- there is great change coming out of uh, uh, CMS, the White House, the payer, uh, uh, you know, the payer population. Um, so, what's really happening if you take a step back and look at it is that the f- physician success, the practice success, is going to be tremendously dependent on information and data. Taking t- taking firstly capturing data. Uh, analyzing the data and creating information out of that data and using that to drive decisions. Uh, there are so many now, uh, we are seeing a lot of uh, uh, practices that are being driven by the payers to be more risk-based, to be more outcomes-driven. Um, and of course, you see better than uh, most, Justin, on what's coming out of the government. Yeah. So these changes are, are so important for us to get ahead of. and and. Uh, I think uh, Advantum's um, the command of technology will really help drive a lot of our success uh, in the future. Excellent. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And the fact that you guys have been out in the front side of MIPS and the QPP and these alternative payment models is going to serve you very well. And also kind of tying yourself to the mantra of customer success. I've seen great success through my career with that. And I, and I know that that's your philosophy internally as well Is you know, at, at all costs, customer success and really carrying that customer Absolutely. into the future. So Absolutely. Excellent. So yeah. with that theme, kind of carrying on some of the thought leadership and just kind of, you know, doing the right thing, you know, and this is a question that um, I probably didn't tell you too much about uh, in advance, but, um, but overall, but I, I like I want my show to kind of shift in this direction. I've been asking this of my my guests uh, recently. Um, overall, why do you do what you do, and what do you hope to achieve in your current role? Hmm. Uh, good question. Uh, why do I do what I do? I think um, I mean, I've been an entrepreneur for a long, long time. I create. I like to create things and grow things. Mm-hmm. So um, I've I've been. You you know my history. Uh, Justin, I've built companies, and uh, in this particular case, I've always felt that uh, the physician uh, community is is uh, underserved. Uh, hospitals and large, large health systems have their own resources, uh, but a lot of physician uh, uh, practices don't have such resources. And I'm, I'm really quite passionate about helping them succeed. Uh, there are so many changes and regulations that are being uh, imposed on them and we are here to help. Um, I, as, as far as where we'd like to go, I would, I would like uh, Advantum to be a brand that's known nationally and the go-to brand for revenue cycle services, uh, technology-driven services for revenue cycle. Uh, we, are, we are at a stage that we're growing rapidly mm-hmm. and um, I'd like to really build a brand to be uh, like an Optima, if you will, if you think about some of the major players in the market. Athena Health has a great brand. Optima has a great brand. We'd like to be up there with that with our brand. 
No, that's that's fantastic. And if you can you keep on taking care of the customer and putting the customer first, you'll be up there and even even beyond. So because that's that's becoming so few and far between nowadays. It's it's so much about the bottom line and the bottom buck. And uh, I I feel in the market and the customer and, and I've always had my heart on the customer side of the equation because at the end of the day I never forgot they pay my bills. <laughs> so that's uh, right. Yeah. And if you keep the customer first, the customers you know the, the customer's not always right. But the customer is always first. And so in the, if the customer is wrong, then you can educate them and you guys can walk that path together. But you can be respectful. You can be always looking out for the customer's best interest. And you can always be leading that customer. And if that's your philosophy, you will do very, very well in this marketplace or any marketplace for that matter. Absolutely. In fact, I should really raise a, a small little uh, anecdote. About 30 yeah. years ago, when I got started in the entrepreneurial world, uh, my boss at that time, who actually helped me, um, start my first company, I was, I, I said enviously to him that uh, he, he's lucky he doesn't have to report to anyone. And he told me, you're wrong. Um, yeah. I have to report to my customers yeah. and my employees. That's and right. that's really stuck with me over the years. So I think that's just a great quote. That's so true. And that's why in this show, 20% of my listeners are entrepreneurs, are, are entrepreneurs, uh, as a sector. And that's something that all entrepreneurs need to, to stay focused on. You might be the CEO, you might be the founder, you might be chairman of your board, but we all report to our customers. <laughs> so. so now shifting a little bit uh, of gears, what do you do for community and charity investing? Where do you invest your time, talent and treasure and why? Because This is becoming a bigger part of my life and philanthropy. But uh, and you and I have talked a little bit about this and I, I love some of the things. But yeah, where do you invest your time and your talents outside of work? Well, the, uh, I'd, I'd like to invest, whether it's time or money, into um, efforts that I can see that are clearly uh, helping the end beneficiary. Mm -hmm. So I tend to stay away from the very large charities. Yep. And um, I, I have a, a small, um, I'm on the board of a small uh, a charity in India. We have a fairly large operation in India mm -hmm. uh, that caters to children of migrant workers mm -hmm. and orphans, and they they need a lot of help. And um, we had we've had this conversation before. Yes. Uh, yeah. We here in the country uh, in, the, in the U.S. are blessed. We don't know what real poverty is. Yes. And being in front of these kids, helping these kids, just get up to a level where they can they can just be part of the uh, the workforce just yeah. be part of the educational system where they can uh, grow so the we have a small charity that we uh, contribute to and work with that works directly with these kids so we know exactly where every dollar is going um, in the local community uh, right here in Louisville um, there's uh, a, a great effort led by a lady called Stephanie Barnett who helps um, women, uh, essentially women that have just uh, are coming out of addiction and have children to take care of. And she just provides a great service to these, these women to help them you know, get back into the workforce. Mm -hmm. So that, that's an area that um, uh, I care about very much and, and uh, uh, help that area too. That's terrific stuff. Yeah, you and I, we talked about this and I, I've known you for many years and I didn't realize the work that you were doing in India because it's children are very special in my life and is as a special place. And we don't realize 
again, you said how blessed we are, but also how far our dollar goes in other countries. So you invest in India. I invest in Cambodia. The same thing. I, uh, we built a, a school and a, and a church and, and in, in a first aid clinic and in a, uh, in a dump site where it has no infrastructure at all. These kids didn't even have a clean water. So we brought in clean water and schooling and education to give them a step up and a leg up because these kids just worked in a dump site every single day. And people have no idea. There's no one in America that works on a dump site that doesn't have a house. And, you know, but in foreign and in third world countries and other world parts of the world, they do. We have no idea what happens outside of, of this country. That's until, right. And, and there are some simple things. Like you said, the dollar goes a long way. Yeah. Um, very, very simple things. For instance, in the school, uh, we built uh, toilets for the girls. Exactly. Which they never had. And they go in the fields. And uh, this was a safety issue. It was a hygiene issue. And it was it's just little things like that that we just take for granted here in this country. It just go a long way. Yeah. So true. Well, Venkat, it's always a pleasure to, uh, to have you on the show. One final question. I got about 30 seconds left. Where, what is your favorite place to get or be inspired? Where do you go? I mean, we just talked about a charity, but what do you do or where do you go to get inspired? Uh, I, I, I like solitude to think. Mm. And uh, it, this is probably a very boring answer to the question, but I like to, um, I, I travel a lot. So when I'm on a long drive, I just, I don't listen to the radio. I just think. Yeah. Um, I listen to podcasts, but otherwise I just think. And as you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I love to golf. So my favorite activity is just walking the golf course and thinking and being one with nature. Um, I like to trek. So I, it's mostly solitude and thinking now that energizes me. There's a lot there. Now, I, I think people need to do that more. Society is so distracted that they're not taking time just to think. Slow down, turn everything off, be peaceful and think and, and just reflect. So... That's a great, uh, a great point for the start of 2018. So Ben Sharma, Advantum Health, thank you so much for joining the show and taking the time out of your busy schedule. So thank you for my friend. Thank you, Justin. And thanks everyone to listening, for listening and uh, joining us today. Please tune in weekdays at 2.30 p.m. Eastern, 11.30 a.m. Pacific. As always, you can track me on Twitter at HIT Advisor and use the hashtag ThisJustin so we can respond to your comments from the show. And if you miss this episode or want to hear any of the other shows, they're all posted on Apple iTunes and SoundCloud. Um, you also can check out the new website that we launched at justinbarnes.com. Thanks, everyone. Have a terrific week. <laughs>